Welcome to Capes and Critiques, where we give our two cents on comic characters and pop culture. In this week's issue, we'll be counting down our top five animal companions in comics. Okay, we're ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right, do you want to start with your number five for top comic companion? Dun, dun. Okay, so. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> my voice cracked. <laughs> uh, close enough. So my number five comic companion is Falcon's Falcon, Red Wing. Oh, okay. Because he's cool, and I love animals that are directly in the action with their master mm-hmm. hero. So Red Wing, definitely. And him and Falcon have like a mental link because of Red Skull. That's literally what I was thinking of. I was like, yeah. that's what makes them dope. Yeah, exactly. So like they actually fight really well together, which is awesome. I don't even like birds, but Red Wing, <laughs> you know... I would I would be down for Red Wing. <laughs> I would be down for Red Wing to have my back. And that's why he makes my number five slot. And also Falcon's awesome because who doesn't like Falcon? Okay, I don't know if you know this from that <laughs> question. Oh my um, gosh, question? It, is Red Wing around when Sam's Captain America? Yes. Okay. He is. I don't know if he's around like all his run, but when he is Captain America, he still has Red Wing. And he's still his wingman. <laughs> Sam Wilson does not need a wingman. I mean... Anthony Mackie does. He but. doesn't, but, like, it's nice to have one. No, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Okay, my number five pick um, for best comic companion is Cosmo the Space Dog. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. I like his story. It's a little sad at first, but I like it. Poor little Soviet dog being tested on, set on to space, um, gets lost in space, literally ends up in nowhere. And that's how he ends up hooking up with the Guardians. So I think it's a, it's just interesting because he also ends up being um, like a head military security for nowhere. And he's just a little dog. He's so cute. He ends up gaining intellect and strength because it's the very, very common comic explanation of exposed <laughs> <laughs> some cosmic rays while he was wandering the, the solar systems. Um, and that's why he's my number five. I just like his story and he looks super cute in his little space outfit. I think that Dixie would also be a good, which is my dog. I think Dixie would make a good space dog. And I think we should all have dogs, whether we're in space, whether we're in Russia, whether we're in America. <laughs> This is this is a true statement. Yeah, I think I think dogs heavily are on my list. Yeah, I tried not to make my list all dogs. Like I tried really. I had to take out. I had to really hard not to make. So I am giving you diversity podcast because (laughs) I was initially going to make my entire list dogs, all of them. I am giving you house pets. All you're getting from me is house pets. That's all I have. I mean, and Cosmo, the space dog, is just the tail end of it. Yeah. Tail beginning of it. <laughs> Are we just going to make, like, animal puns? I don't have happening? a lot in me. But... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think all mine are going to be house pets, except for Red Wing. You should not own a falcon, guys. Don't. Don't do it. I was about to say, I was like, he's a bird. You can have it. No, do not own a falcon. 1010, do not recommend. If owls are hard to take care of, I can't imagine a fucking falcon. Red wing just sounds like a small pigeon, though. He doesn't sound like a falcon. He's a red falcon, and he's beautiful and fierce, and he can claw out your eyes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can do that. Dogs can be vicious, too. That's why I think they're used so often. Not only because they're They're so easily domesticated, but... Man's greatest friend. Man's best friend. Yeah. However that goes. He's just, yeah, I like him. And he has a really good, he has good team-ups with the Guardians and some other space people. Like, he comes up, he starts off in Nova series. Um, He's a cute little dog. Poor guy, just wandering space. Which I'm pretty (laughs) sure we'll just get more animals wandering in space soon enough. Yeah. Oh, and if you want to read Red Wing... Oh, no, we're doing that? I don't know. But, I mean, his first introduction is in Captain America 117, 1969. Oh, my god! Yeah, he's a lot older. Like, is in the MCU, instead of having an actual bird, they have, like, a little drone that Falcon has. But that's basically Red Wing's job in the comics. If you want to see, like, an actual bird do that, and he have a mental link with Falcon, it's pretty dope. And he's even there, like, when Sam is Captain America, for some issues anyway. So, you know, check it out. He's pretty cool. Continuing on the Marvel super animal train, I suppose, my number four is Tippy Toe, aka Squirrel Girl's companion. Well, her second companion, you know, 
after Monkey Joe was senselessly murdered. <laughs> <laughs> she named a squirrel Monkey Joe. Yeah, I have no idea why Doreen would do that. Like, why did you name your squirrel Monkey Joe? I'm sure there's an explanation, but it was like the 50s, so who fucking knows? So then after after Monkey Joe dies, um, she gets a new companion, and her name is Tippy Toe. And Tippy Toe basically kind of saves, serves the same purpose as Falcon, but for Squirrel Girl. So he's always there. I mean, she's always there. Sorry. Monkey Joe is a boy, but Tippy Toe's a girl. girl. <laughs> yeah, she wears a little pink ribbon all the time <laughs> to distinguish the Lord two. Lord forbid we misgender a squirrel <laughs> because a squirrel's aware. It is. Okay her and her ribbon she knows she knows who she is <laughs> who she wants to be okay she just wants to not be confused with monkey joe that's literally why they gave her the ribbon <laughs> oh that makes sense so that no one's reminding doreen that monkey joe was murdered murdered to be tell is basically always with doreen and always has her back and literally seeing a squirrel fight is one of the most strange and entertaining things i've ever seen and in an alternate universe tippy toe is like a squirrel iron man so oh my god and (laughs) oh my god (laughs) the whole purpose of like doreen wanting to be a hero and impress other heroes is because she wants to impress iron man and be iron man's sidekick like that was her original like shtick when she first um was introduced so in some alternate universe of marvel doreen is actually iron man or iron man's partner and tippy toe is like a little iron man squirrel and you know it's bomb so i mean i think i like it just because it's so weird and different and it's like come on a squirrel fighting crime and i'm into that cheesy shit so 1010 recommend tippy toe and squirrel girl and at the end of a lot of squirrel girl volumes like tippy toe will give you a tip of the day so (laughs) (laughs) oh my god her name's a pun yeah it's (laughs) Tippy Toes tips, as Tippy Toe says, and then like you get something. So, and you can still catch Tippy Toe in the unbeatable Squirrel Girl now a days in current continuity. So, yeah, her little squirrel companion. That's my number four. Okay, moving on. <laughs> my number four could probably eat Tippy Toe. <laughs> no, Tippy Toe. I mean, she'd fight, but she only has the normal abilities of a squirrel. <laughs> so my number four. Is a tiger-sized sphinx hairless cat, lion yep. cat from Saga. I kind of struggled with putting her so low. But just because, I don't know, like, I really love lion cat. She is um, the companion to the will, who is a freelancer, which essentially means bounty hunter, murderer, lives outside the law person in Saga. So she's the companion of the will. And that's how they name people. That's how they name bounty hunters, the something in, <laughs> in Saga. The will, the death. <laughs> Lion Cat is just a ruthless companion. We have seen her take down small hordes of men, just defend the will, as well as be compassionate with other characters, and even be attached, obviously, to the will when he kind of like shoes her off, sends her off with some other character that's not really important right now. She is actually the smallest of her litter, so apparently that has her having some issues, not only leaving her litter, but when she has to leave the will. The main thing of Lion Cat, as her name implies, is that she is able to sense when people are lying, and literally just as the word lying every time someone around her speaks something that is not the truth, which is immensely helpful when you are a bounty hunter and you live off getting people, finding them murdering them finding out the truth so um she's a pretty dope companion um that is dope i actually know nothing of saga like i've ever read it and people were like oh my god how do you not i I just i don't do space operas guys i don't um (laughs) that's fair and that's it's essentially just space yeah but for anyone who doesn't know (laughs) yeah for anyone who doesn't know um saga is heavily um influenced by Star Wars, Brian K. Vaughn, if that's how you pronounce his last name. Um, these are concepts that he's been creating since he's been a child. Um, and it's kind of followed him into being a parent. And that's where he says a lot of things have come through. Just that love for space operas. Um, and yeah, so having a lion cat 
they're rare. We don't know how rare, but it's pretty badass. So especially when you're trying to interrogate people to find someone. So when you're going in, busting doors to find person, a person, and then the little thug you're beating up is like, I don't know where they are. And you have a tiger-sized sphinx cat snarling at you saying, lying. You kind of tell the truth (laughs) (laughs) after that. Or you die. So whichever comes first, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Will's a pretty patient man as far as freelancers and yeah, murderers I was like, go. <laughs> I, was just saying, I guess as far as, you know, bounty yeah. murders. Yeah. So that is my number four. Well, to bounce off of that with uh, vicious cats. To pounce off of that. <laughs> Damn. I missed it. I missed my opportunity. So to pounce off of that. <laughs> Uh, going down the vicious feline route, my number three is Dex Star. Oh my gosh. The Red Lantern Cat. And I was like, is Dex Star really a cat? I mean, really a cat. Really a, a pet? <laughs> oh my it's, gosh, my number three too. I'm struggling with whether or not they're a pet. Yeah, but at the end of the day, he started off as a pet. So I'm like, yeah, you know what? That counts. Even in, right now, he's kind of atrocious as pet. Like, super mm. loyal to atrocious aka leader of the red lanterns super loyal to to him um so in that sense he is his pet now but i just love dexter's origin story and him as a character because he like decimates people like he's so powerful and it came from just basically having his little heart broken because his owner ends up being murdered and so the rage inside him to like get revenge and like avenge her because he loved her and it's just it's a sad origin story but gives it so much depth even to like a cat so even when he's literally murdering people and then licking his the blood off his claws i'm like oh dexter you're so cute you go you murder (laughs) you fight and like seeing a cat rip around rip apart some black lanterns in blackest night was dope dexter definitely earns my number three spot for being vicious and amazing and just all around a really amazing super pet <laughs> companion thing. Fair. I mean, I don't even think, unfortunately, Dexter is on my radar, but it's true. I think that's one of the most fleshed out other lanterns that we get. Yeah. Because we don't really... <laughs> We don't really get a lot of stories from other Lantern Corps, let alone like the Red Lantern Corps. Mm -hmm. They just kind of, I mean, thanks to um, Blackest Night, we have so much much material, but we don't really get deep enough into like origin stories for them. Yeah, and the most fleshed out ones are probably Atrocious and and Dexter um, because they do appear together pretty frequently. And I just love that the fact that the reason that he was even created was because the artist whose name escapes me just drew a cat, his cat in a red lantern outfit, like for kicks and giggles. And <laughs> Jeff Johns is like, I, I love, love him. It. <laughs> I love him. I'm going to give him a story. <laughs> and then the artist is like, okay. <laughs> That's beautiful. Like to be Jeff Johns and be able to do to that. To do those kinds of <laughs> to things. To just be yeah. like, you're in you're in kid yeah and like he gave us even this like short little um kind of contained story but had so much emotion and that's that's something that'll always stick with me for Dexter, even when i see him literally tearing people apart and being called one of the most vicious lanterns <laughs> in the galaxy you just want to cuddle him yeah <laughs> i'd love him <laughs> She would not get very far. Um, we would have I mean, a funeral here on Capes yeah. and Critiques if she tried to cuddle. <laughs> First, if she thought she saw a red lantern, that'd be like a warning sign. Okay, so for my number three, I struggled with just admitting that they were a pet. And I compromised with saying that they were a companion to many across the galaxy. Um, and that is Lockjaw. Ah, Lockjaw. Yeah, yeah he's... Um, he's a cutie patootie. I actually no. I'm, what I, kind of dog is it? A bulldog? Uh, yes, a he's a giant. Bulldog. Well, yeah, he's giant, but he's modeled <laughs> after a bulldog. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like they de- they describe him as a giant bulldog because you could probably ride him. You and your friends could probably <laughs> ride him. He probably wouldn't go anywhere. Just teleport you somewhere. But um, yeah, he's he's a cutie in the comics. But like disclaimer, I don't think I like bulldogs. Oh, IRL. Yeah. 
That's fair. I don't. I don't know. I, Anyways, yeah. um, Lockjaw. He is an inhuman, and he has the. He has a lot of abilities, but m- the most prominent one is the ability to teleport. Not only himself, but other beings, primarily other inhumans and other individuals that he has been affiliated with on teams. Um, but he also has. Like, you know, your average super dog stuff being, like, super, super strong, strong, super strong. strong, He's actually gone up. He's been described or shown as having, like, what his name implies, a super hecka strong, like, jaw grip uh, to the point where the thing wasn't even able to shake him off. So. (laughs) That's pretty intimidating (laughs) on a lot of levels. I will not pet this dog. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I'll lose my hand. <laughs> I so, I mean, I that's scratch. not really used often. More recently, um, Lockjaw, he's had his run-ins with Miss Marvel, um, as well as being part of the Pet Avengers. Um, but what I really liked about Lockjaw is that not only he can like stand on his own and he's his own character aside from the royal family of the Inhumans, the House of Argon is the family that he is protecting and that he has even he made serves? deals. Does he yeah, like, he's, kind of like yeah, he, he's there to protect that royal okay, family. Okay. And he's even um, kind of made a deal with them where they've enhanced his abilities so that he's able to better protect the family. Um, but this all comes from him, from Lockjaw himself being an inhuman. So um, I guess that's why you're able to write him in a story where he's in the Pet Avengers. But he's also able to benefit any team affiliation he's in because who doesn't want um, an amazing space dog who's able to teleport you? That This is true. This I do true. know <clears throat> I have not seen the Marvel TV show Inhumans. What I do know about Lockjaw, kind of like sort of researching for this episode, this issue, was that they don't play up how intelligent he is in the Inhumans TV show. He's played mm. up more as like a family pet. Who just so happens to be able to teleport you around the world, around the galaxy. Oh, so he so. doesn't have, like... Because in the comics, he has clear, coherent, like, telepathic commu- like yeah, thoughts. Like and, to like, my that's how he talks to you, right? Yeah, to my understanding, he's a dog who can take you places. <laughs> <laughs> in the Inhuman show. Yeah, and he's even marketed as the family pet. Mm. Which I don't think is what how you should market Lockjaw in the Inhumans series. He's more of, like... The f- one of the family's greatest assets, I yeah. would say. So I guess that's why I struggled with him just being like either a pet or a companion. But I think he's a dope-ass dog. No one clock me for saying dope for every single one of my picks so far. <laughs> <laughs> they are dope. Everyone should have an animal companion. Just saying. 1010 recommend. I have two dogs. She has a dog. Yes. Yes. My friend who doesn't have a dog is very sad that she doesn't have a dog. So, like, if you are too... Yeah, I mean, pets are essential. Yeah. We've had many a discussion on how a lot of heroes would benefit from having pets. A lot of villains. Mm, (laughs) I mean, they should. They could benefit. But I'm scared for them, the pets' safety. Yeah, that comes up in in mine. In my number two. Oh, I know. I have to know. Because that actually is part of... Okay, we'll get there. (laughs) (laughs) I have to know. So, so time for your number two. Time for my number two. So my number two is Ace the Bat Hound. Oh my gosh. Like, Tomo, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the original like super pets that kind of like define what it is to be a super pet. And that's why he made it on my list and so high up my list. Because at the end of the day, Ace is a regular dog. He does not have any extra abilities, ex- any extra like superhuman abilities. Um, he was created in the 1955, um, so first appearance in Batman, obviously. Mm-hmm. So Bruce like picks him up from this guy who's not so great, and <laughs> and just basically brings him into the family, and he becomes Bathound. Like it's really funny that the reason that he gave him like the mask and cape and like the whole Bathound getup was because he, for a while he as Bruce Wayne he was trying to find his owners. So he didn't want anyone to recognize the dog when he was Batman. <laughs> so and to make the connection of Batman and uh, Bruce Wayne through the dog. So oh my he gosh. dressed up the dog to hide the dog's identity. 
because oh no that they're gonna be like that's bruce wayne billionaire in gotham with a dog that is batman also in gotham with a dog because there are only two german shepherds, shepherds in, in all of gotham <laughs> Right? Like, I don't know. And that's how you get that cover of, like, Ace holding a picture of Bruce and Dick and being like... Yes. <laughs> being like, oh, my God. It, the Bat-Hound figured out Batman's secret identity or whatever. <laughs> like, ugh, I love, I love, I love, love old comics. They're so dumb. Um, but in the best they're of so, ways. The, yeah, they're so lighthearted. Yes. And, and I think that's what we're missing today. Yeah. Yeah, I do miss it. I feel like... There should it's totally off topic, but I feel like um, alongside all these like really serious, heavy um, like storylines that we have nowadays in comics, we should also have lines of like really lighthearted comics just to have a break from all that. And it's not bad to have fun when you read. <laughs> and I think that's what we're missing a lot now. But that's anyway, 100 percent valid because yeah. um, I mean, I think Marvel's doing a little bit more of that with having some fun things out and about. I cannot mention anything in DC that's making me like happy to read it for my own personal enjoyment other than the need to figure out what's happening to my yeah, characters. Yeah, same. Same. Again, I know that I mentioned this like last episode, but Super Sons <laughs> Adventures of the Super Sons dropped and like that's that's where it's at for lighthearted reads for me. Like gosh, they're so fun. They're they're like the the fun dynamic that I wish there was more of but anyway so a back to ace the bat hound the focus of this episode um, oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> so yeah he's he's just bomb and like he does help obviously as a superhero sidekick and i picked him for the most part just because he's so iconic as a super pet and like who doesn't love dogs like come on people be real and even his um rebirth origin well his rebirth or- origin is kind of similar to his original one where he didn't have the best owner or whatever and then he was taken in by bruce and the bat family and stuff like that in this one he was actually a dog um owned by the joker he was like a fighting dog and so he was the last dog left alive and his other fighting like other dogs had died because of joker and his experiments and stuff like that and so he was basically feral and then alfred trains him to be like i guess a family dog and to give that to bruce like to have a companion um for the holidays and it's really funny because at the end of the it's in the rebirth the first batman yeah annual. the annual <laughs> and then bruce is like on christmas he's like alfred you forgot to give me a present and alfred just <laughs> looks at him like dadass looks at him like he's the dumbest person he's ever seen in the world like you know the alfred looks i'm talking about like if you've no. ever read a batman issue no. you know and <laughs> <laughs> i think alfred just speaks what everyone speaks world's this greatest detective <laughs> Yeah, like, he's like, Ugh, world's greatest detective. <laughs> and it's like, world's greatest detective my ass. Definitely. Yeah. I've said that probably once a week, every week. <laughs> Minimum. Yeah, it's like, Alfred's been months training Ace to, like, get over kind of, like, the trauma and stuff he went through with being a Joker dog in order to give Bruce someone other than Alfred to come home to. And it really shows how much Bruce appreciates that, like, when he's her and, like, Ace is there and then he like gets comfort that way even though like everything building up to that wasn't the best because like ace was super aggressive at first and everything but he's shown to be super obedient now that alfred's trained him and just a really really good support for the bat family and still like there and amazing and a dog and a companion as he should be even though he's not part of the rebirth super pets because titus Mm -hmm. has kind of taken that title he's still in batman and he's still like making a difference there he oh, was definitely i think yeah. ace is still a more iconic bat hound or bat family pet i would think i know damien's tried to bring in a zoo to, <laughs> <laughs> to wayne manor um and i'm not completely opposed to that but i don't think you get more iconic than yeah than, than the first ace. the yeah. first bat hound the first ace, again help define what super pets were and kind of like a lot of things are modeled after him and um, other super dogs that will be mentioned later on. <laughs> and so, yeah, you can't, you can't be Ace being in the 19, created in the 1950s and Titus in the 2000s. But either way, the bat dogs, awesome. And Ace, you know, the OG, amazing. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> okay, so my number two is about 45% fueled by a personal obsession. 
That's completely fair. So that's a disclaimer out there. But, but <laughs> I don't know if it's my personal obsession that's making it cooler and cooler the more I learn about this, um, this old gal. This is a Deinonychus. Who the fuck is? <laughs> <laughs> a Deinonychus is a type of dinosaur. <laughs> I'm sorry. I did go to college, but not for this. <laughs> so a Deinonychus, which means terrible claw. And the most tragic thing is I do remember that it means terrible claw because I spent hard-earned money on a class on dinosaurs when I went to undergrad. That seems like a very you thing to do. For all you listeners out there, she's obsessed with dinosaurs. And this Deinonychus is called Old Lace, and she belongs to a team that I also really love for other characters, not for her owner, unfortunately, Um, the Runaways. So Old Lace is a genetically engineered dinosaur that belongs to Gert, Gertrude Yorks, who is a member of the Runaways. For anyone who doesn't really know a lot about the Runaways, they're a group of um, kind of misfit mutants. A lot of them have ties to, to kind of villains. So their parents are not good people and they're just kind of banded together in that way. And... Gert's parents are time travelers, so um, Old Lace, which is the dinosaur, she was genetically engineered in the 87th century, if I am not mistaken. Um, (laughs) You should see the look I'm getting right now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) And she has a telepathic bond with Gert. And spoiler alert, it's a telepathic bond that even um, transcends Gert dying and coming back to life. So it was still there even though When she, she comes back from oh, the dead, okay. it, it immediately kind of like reboots. So it is like a bond that transcends life and death. She is an unbelievable companion for Gert. I mean, she's kind of like the last gift and tie to her parents who, I mean, weren't the best people. But can you imagine having <laughs> a fucking carnivorous giant ass dinosaur on your side helping you fight? What kind of dinosaur is she like? Deinonychus. Yeah, but what is that analogous to? Like, is um, it close to it's a raptor? Similar, it's similar to a raptor. Okay. Like, it's a carnivorous um, dinosaur. And it's genus, I cannot pronounce, but they're theropods. So it's just with the walking on the two yeah, legs. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Got it. So um, there was a time when it was believed that old lace was a velociraptor. But with just more incarnations of Old Lace, because she is in the Marvel Runaways um, TV show, she is confirmed as a Deinonychus. I just, I must, which is something that I really enjoyed about your pick with Red Wing, I am a sucker for that kind of like really deep telepathic, teleempathetic bond. That's what Gertrude are able to, Gertrude and Old Lace are able to have. So... She is my number two, and obviously dinosaurs are amazing. If I could have a pet dinosaur that would not eat my dog, I would have one in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you had a telepathic bond with them, you could be like, yeah. If I had no, a telepathic do not bond, eat this dog. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, please, please don't. Which, okay, oddly enough, saying that I am remembering a fact where they were supposed to kill Gertrude's parent, and they didn't because of the telepathic bond that Gert and Old Lace have. So she was still, like, obviously you're still attached to your parents because you're a child. Like, the Runaways are teenagers. Which, if anybody knows the Runaways, we also have um, Sunspot in there. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, so that's where he comes from. (laughs) That is his origin. (laughs) Yeah. I did not know a lot about Gert. She's not a favorite, but Old Lace is definitely, like, putting Gert in my book as a badass with a dinosaur like you do not cross someone with a dinosaur yeah you probably should that can read your minds like has everyone seen jurassic world now imagine that he's able to telepathically communicate with that raptor yeah that's it's no bueno (laughs) (laughs) no i will not pet that dinosaur (laughs) apparently that's how i rate my my super pets am i am i gonna pet this do i want to pet this how many you're on the list how many of my picks will you pet Summarize your picture. Okay, number five, Cosmo the space dog. Uh, I'll pet Cosmo. I'll pet Cosmo. Lion cat. No. <laughs> Lockjaw. I'll think about it because he's a dog at the end of the day. But if he ever decides to bite me, it's over. <laughs> An old lace. Yeah, I wouldn't pet old lace. So you 50, have confirmed 50. one pet <laughs> that you would 
okay. one companion that you would pet. Yeah, I would pet Lockjaw, but with trepidation. But I feel like since he can actually like communicate with words like telepathically, I would I would be eased by him like understanding <laughs> me and not being like violent for any reason. I'd lose a hand for old lace. <laughs> I know you would. <laughs> I'd lose a hand for her in a heartbeat. Uh, but I just. I love companions. Like I think in comics, you're you're able to do that. Something that humans on this like mortal side always want, like a closer bond with animals and with that companion that you have as your side, like as a pet. Like who hasn't wanted to be able to communicate with their dog, with their cat, with their birds, with their fish? I don't know if your fish is gonna tell you anything, but hey, don't don't do that with fish, okay? They they're great. Aquaman talks to them. Anyone can talk to them and bond with them, all right? Okay, I thought that's why Aquaman is able to, like, command, like, seahorses and other things, <laughs> not fish. I mean, it's sharks or fish? Okay, but I'm talking goldfish here. <laughs> <laughs> no one keeps a pet shark in their living room that I know At of. least you shouldn't. Poor <laughs> shark. Let them live, okay? It's already bad enough that we, like, put fish in aquariums and, like, most yeah. of them probably shouldn't be. But yeah, like, I'm not, I'm not here to rank on the whales of the world <laughs> the, o- the cephalopods of the world the octopi the octopi of the world um so but i guess you're right i wouldn't want to talk to my goldfish <laughs> <laughs> poor guys they get they get lost in the tanks all the time <laughs> but that's what i really enjoy about um old lace and i mean that's a similar thing with just a lot of comic companions comic superheroes pets that you get to see like that bond that still transcends like us being regular people and them being superhumans who still kind of need that non-human relationship yeah definitely and you see that with a lot of heroes that like those moments those vulnerable moments that they have with their pets a lot of the time i think is really important to them and to us as readers to see I mean, going back to Ace and Batman in the annual where Batman barely wants this dog and this dog is still like sniffing at him when he's stabbed. Yeah. It's like, have you ever seen Batman soft? Not, not (laughs) a lot. Right. But he's soft with Ace and that's what matters. He's there petting him like he's the best thing ever. And you know what? Ace is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's why he's your number one. Right. Yeah. yeah, Well, he's he he might as well be tied (laughs) with my number one. But we had to pick. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So that was. That was my number two. Okay. So before we both reveal our number ones, we're going to talk a little bit about some honorable mentions that didn't quite make the list. So for my honorable mentions, all right, don't laugh, everyone. Bat cow. No. Bat cow. Okay. And I'll I'll tell you (gasps) why. Because bat cow is amazing. And I'm like, I'm all for dogs, but I'm also all for odd pets. And Bat Cow and Jerry the turkey are like the oddest pets that you could probably fucking have. Are, they, are these two separate? Uh, yeah, no, I was just mentioning oh, Jerry okay. because he's also like one of Damien's adopted pets. Yeah. But like Damien, the best thing Damien ever did was bring in animals to the Bat family, Verse, yeah. like to the Batverse, other than Ace. So we have Bat Cow and Alfred the Cat and Goliath, though. I actually don't know what he is. Um, the big red bear-like monster with wings. Yeah. <laughs> and Titus, of course. But Bat Cow really stands out to me because, again, she's an oddity. Just straight <laughs> up, she's a cow. Uh, n- not even a super-powered cow. She's just a cow, which is another <laughs> thing that I really like about her. And there's <laughs> Bat Cow's Adventure, that little, that comic oh annual. Gosh. Uh, I'm in disbelief, guys. Amazing. Listeners, Batman. If we have any, <laughs> we have any <laughs> listeners right here, oh my goodness. The Batman Inc. special, the 2012. <laughs> you should read Bat Cow's Adventure. Everyone should read it. It's like, I don't even, like five pages. This is Damian Wayne militant propaganda <laughs> right here. I'm not even, th- like, that's the only thing I'll ever thank Damien for. Bat Cow saves a baby from being kidnapped because she gets in the middle of the road and scares some driver off of it and like amazing she's amazing okay (laughs) and and her entire story the fact that the pattern on her face is a bat like it's so it's so unreal it's amazing (laughs) so bat cow although not on this list deserves an honorable mention and for all of you to appreciate her (laughs) for her oddness and for her, her heroics in her little cave. You're still talking. <laughs> I'm still talking. 
fucking because you're laughing. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and yeah. Oh and I just, I think she's so weird and different that she deserves at least an honorable mention. Okay. So my second honorable mention. <laughs> you're so Okay. You just talk so much expect, about a cow. How do you expect me to go on? <laughs> you talk so <laughs> much about a damn cow. Because she's worth being mentioned. <laughs> she's great. Okay, okay I'm saying. good. I'm okay. good. You're, go you're ahead. Good taking your breath. Okay. So my second honorable mention is Streaky the Super Cup. Oh my gosh. And it's because I like her, but. Obviously not enough to be on this, but she does deserve a mention because as a super pet, she's one of the originals. She's almost as old as Crypto, and she was part of, like, the the original super pets with Crypto, Beepo the Super Monkey, Cosmo the Super Horse, and then Streaky the Super Cat. Originally, it was a male cat, and then, like, future um, mm-hmm. incarnations have been female cats, and they've belonged to uh, Kara. And just Streaky... Streaky's like the troubled Kryptonian super pet, I guess, because it's because she doesn't really have as much of like that that heroism or that good inherent goodness that you would find in a lot of the super pets. Um, and I think that makes her different and interesting in that way. And she also has a big crush on crypto, which is really <laughs> weird, which is really weird but awesome. <laughs> and, and she's cool. She's a cool cat. I definitely appreciate her as a super pet. So she is a definite honorable mention for me. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> super, uh, super cow. I almost said super cow. It's bat bat cow. cow would be proud. Anyways, okay. So my first honorable mention, like I really, 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 really wanted to put him on the list, but I couldn't justify it. No matter how much I personally love him. I just couldn't find the extra reasons that I had for some of these other picks. Well, he's my number one, like, honorable mention. So, like, if I had one more space, if we did top six, he would be my number six. Um, And it's Ace. Oh, Ace is my, my number baby. six. Yes. And for, like, 90% of the reasons that you already talked about, he's just genuinely iconic. Mm-hmm. But I think he's fallen flat recently. I, I can a- agree with Aside that. from that annual, which is amazing. Yeah, I don't read Batman titles, and I've read that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> he was in Rebirth for a little bit. He played tug of war with Jason in the um, arc where they go, where Batman and Catwoman go after Talia. Oh, while they're waiting. While they're waiting, yeah. The- when they're in like the big living room area, yes, Alfred- I remember he loses. Huh? Jason loses. Yes, Jason hardcore loses. Jason hardcore <laughs> the tug loses, of war, yes. and then you see some really cute panels of Ace like rolling over and stuff. So, but yeah. that's basically all he's. So, really like, done. I think he's been he's been kind of like reduced now more to a family pet yeah the story that we still have for ace like the current story that you touched upon is just so perfect for the bat family yeah like nobody's think, ever lost and that's, yeah you know. and i think it's it's just the sense of like still finding a family even in your pets yeah. like it's not even like you went to the pound and this is the dog that i selected no it was it was a choice of circumstance and it's Alfred working on it the same way that he works with all the Robins, the way that he works on Bruce, the way that we wouldn't have the Bat family if we didn't have Alfred in that way. And Bruce's reluctance is just so Bruce, Bruce Wayne. Yeah. No, no, I'm lying. <laughs> Bruce Wayne's reluctance is so Batman. Yeah. And it's just the way that he kind of like melts into this dog. It's it's great for him. And it's just very similar to a lot of his other relationships yeah. that are human. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> okay. And so that's why he was like a half because yeah. we already heavily touched upon him. Um, and then my second honorable mentions, they're a duo. Uh-oh. It's okay. Bud and Lou. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yes, for anyone who doesn't know, they are ex-Jokers, now Harley Quinn's pet-spotted hyenas. Again, these are animals that essentially kind of made their way into companionship where i think they're iconic i think their relationships with their companion owners are lovely they just don't really do much for yeah. me to kind of like elevate them compared to like my list and harley's love for them is amazing and the same thing with rebirth where i'm aware that she had to bust them out of a zoo yeah to get them and then there's, it's even been used like but and lou have even been used as kind of like a tactic by some other like thug gangster mobsters whatever to try to get back uh um harley and kind of like held his collateral but it's okay harley and poison ivy beat them up and save bud and lou 
I would love to have some spotted hyenas. Right? Ugh. I can't believe that they're technically, like, felines. Yeah. <laughs> it's shocking. But they're my number two honorable mention because I love them. I love the way Harley loves them. And I love that it's another um, rescue from the Joker, essentially, because they started. They start off in a lot of storylines as being Joker's pets. And as we s- we've we seen with Ace and we see with Harley, um, Joker's pets don't really end up all that okay. Yeah, just like anyone involved with the Joker, to be honest. Yeah, uh, they don't. Animal or human. <laughs> they don't end up okay. Yeah, so... And then my third honorable mention is not even in comics. Oh, okay. It's Starfire's pet, Silky. Oh, <laughs> yes, oh Silky. Growing up with Teen Titans, I cannot think of a more comedic but loving relationship <laughs> between Starfire and Silky, her little worm. So that's my little plug for Silky. When I thought about comic companions, my first thought was Silky. And I just, like, comic, comedic-wise. And I just had to, had to bring bring the little bugger up. <laughs> bugger. <laughs> <laughs> so those are my honorable mentions. Oh, and just to, like, say, so, add something to Bud and Lou, I also love them. And I can't believe I didn't even think of them. Because I was thinking, like hero pets and i didn't really think of like harley like i didn't think of like any sort of villain having a pet or something technically the will is a villain yeah yeah but that's just where my mind goes listeners yeah that's that's her (laughs) side and this is my side and you'll see you'll probably see with our number ones how very like that side like what side i think you're 100 percent wrong we are. Uh, oh, you think I'm 100% wrong? I think wrong. you're 100% oh wrong. Oh my gosh. Oh because my gosh. I know. So, I don't know her number one, so I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm okay, do you want me to go with my number one? Um. Okay, yeah. Go. Okay. Go. Let's change the order. Let's go. So my number one, the reason why I picked him is because no matter what, his family will not get rid of him. Um. He's a little problematic and they still love him. They still put up with him even with, when readers aren't that fond of him. Who the and- fuck is that? <laughs> And coming from kind of like a tumultuous past and getting a found family. So nice despite the behavior being problematic. So my number one pet is Damian Wayne. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) My number one pick is not Damian Wayne. You know, I would have accepted it. I would have let it happen. Because the reasoning was solid. Yeah, I was was like, damn, that's Damian. (laughs) No, okay. My number one, um, we actually have the same number one. It's Crypto. Surprise, surprise. Oh my god, how do we have the same number one? I Shook. Because you don't get more iconic for an era that we grew up in than Crypto the Superdog. Yeah, that show was bomb. You talk about and, that show, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean the dog themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just, he's not just a companion for a person. He's a companion for essentially the, the last of a race. Yeah, and he has, I like his little Pegasus kind of origins, like similar to... To Hercules, yeah. how he had him like when he was a kid, and so, and then he also gets sent out with Clark, but gets lost for a while, so we don't see him. Um, and that's how he shows up later. Later on, on in his life, but yeah. Poor Bub, he was yeah. a test subject. Yeah, Just, like, sent out. Let me let me test the course on this dog that I got <laughs> for my son. <laughs> yeah, maybe so, they'll end up together. Yeah, and just. Yeah, like you said, I don't think you get more iconic of a super pet than Crypto, the super no. dog. Like, he, when you think super pet, he's literally the first thing that comes to my mind. And that's why he has my number one spot as well. If you know, you know, if you didn't catch that, he's also <laughs> my number one. I love Crypto. Like, one of the biggest things for me is the fact that he he transcends being that super and still being able to be an amazing pet like sometimes like in our heroes they have difficulties doing that yeah they have difficulties both being super and being human and i don't think crypto has that difficulty because even though being super and so powerful he is still he still has those iconic characteristics that you look in in a dog yeah he's still very loving compassionate i mean he's lived on the camp farm like he's had a secret identity he's (laughs) Oh my gosh! I, was, I want to say it's Spot. Yes, it's Spot. Because they used to like uh, dye a patch of his fur brown or something, so that he would be incognito. Yes, in small. <laughs> because I mean, it's, like, I, okay. it's Spot or Spike. 
I, like I want to say it's spot because it would die a spot on his back yeah. and they even developed a mechanism to do it and then he would use his x-ray vision to to burn off the, the, the spot when he was cursor, yeah. <laughs> so i mean he's not only able to be an amazing companion for clark Khan, and even kara but for the kent family so i think he's amazing and 1010 recommends crypto the super dog as your super pet yeah like, of the year of <laughs> the award goes to, to crypto yeah and he deserves it like any dog anyone who fights off superboy prime literally destroyer of the multiverse <laughs> deserves deserves a, a number one a, an award like he he tried to save Khan. obviously he failed in infinite crisis but he fucking he bit the shit out of superboy before he got knocked out like he he's a fighter and, and he loves his family like and he's also terrifying like and when terrifying it comes to that like because again anyone hound. who can attack superboy <laughs> prime and live <laughs> i mean i, I would be love to take crypto to the park on vacation <laughs> cuddle with him but if i saw that dog flying at me snarling eyes red no 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 yeah and i don't even think alfred would try to <laughs> <laughs> would try to get in the middle of that yeah and i think he's one of the most fleshed out super pets definitely it just us reading down wikis like most pets have well a paragraph of their history <laughs> yeah. on wiki even ace is Ace's wiki is really short for being around for so long, but Crypto, created in the same year, in 1955, his wiki is so long because it extends, like, all his original appearance plus um, Infinite Crisis and his reincarnations after that and New 52, Rebirth, all of it. Like, he's always been a part of the multiverse at some mm-hmm. at some place or another even when he his existence was erased when when clark's backstory got mm-hmm. rewritten as like he is the only kryptonian so he we didn't have any other like yeah. pets or even kara but he still existed in a pocket universe even in that universe like he's mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's always been around and, and and it's because he's so loyal and you get to see so much emotion through him again like kind of like with ace and batman um whenever clark was kind of sad and after that arc where um that mind thing that he was stuck in like a realm and he was thinking of like what his life would have been like if uh krypton had actually existed and he had lived on it and stuff and he had like a family after that like who was who comforted him in his little sad moments crypto did and after khan died like you saw him mourn his death in superman 712 and just to see a dog looking for his owner like he went to space and stuff trying to like track him down and find out what happened to Khan because at that point Khan was basically his owner because Clark left him with Khan on the farm um and to see that that much emotion in an like through an animal I think is another reason that crypto is just amazing yeah and it goes into the fact that he is the perfect stereotype of a dog yeah that you see at least like we're in America, so at least you see in American media, like, he is the airbud of <laughs> comic dogs. Um, and he's he just so happens to be Kryptonian as well. So it's just, it's an amazing balance that is played so well throughout so many um, characters. Because you do see him with Khan. We're going to see him a lot more with Kara now. And has, if you have not even, like, glimpsed at Crypto the Super Dog series, like, please find <laughs> something on YouTube. It's hilarious. It's great. <laughs> it is. It's really ridiculous. Funny. It's it's children's TV. But yeah. It, but I mean, he's a super dog. It's basically Scooby Doo, but if like Scooby Doo had powers and, and could didn't dig have to the squad. center of the earth and could dig for into fun, the, yeah, <laughs> by mistake. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I, I just love him. His his like he's he's a dog with super strength, guys. Yeah. Like that causes problems. Just yeah, period. At his core. And it's hilarious he scratches to go outside because he needs to pee he breaks your fucking door like (laughs) (laughs) yeah at his core he is still a dog which is what makes him so likable yeah definitely. you can connect so much with that because there are things that he does obviously at an advanced level like biting superboy prime but those are things that you see in animals to this day like where they defend their owners exactly exactly. like wild animals they put down their life for young children like those are things that you see and now you're just 
enhancing it to the Kryptonian level, which should not be a level, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, but if your dog could protect you from aliens and uh, clones and very dangerous, powerful people, you know what? They'd do it. And Crypto proves that they would do it. 100%. So I think that's why he is my number one pick because I can't think of a, a better companion. Yeah, I can't either. And that's exactly why he's also my number one on this list, because he's like the epitome of what a super pet should be. And again, he kind of defined that role over the years, and especially being like one of the first ever created along with Ace and stuff. But he's definitely persisted, and he's integrated in relevant things throughout DC's events, throughout Superman's um, continuity, like crypto has relevance and he is incorporated in different dynamics to to actually benefit things like i'm not saying there's anything wrong with like pet avengers or dc super pets or anything like that but they're not impacting current continuity correct in that way yeah for the most part they have like side stories or like Mm -hmm. little adventures here and there and i know at some point like the pet avengers did have a direct tie-in to like the avengers but in general it was an elsewhere story like it it existed outside of that continuity um but crypto has been directly in continuity a lot he's definitely like you said had more of an impact on the dc universe and that's yeah, that's why he's so relevant and important and fleshed out. There's a lot more to him than a lot of the other pets. So, Yeah, top-notch number one, Joyce. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Our oh other choices, <laughs> nothing alike. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing leading up to this was the same except for our number. Well, we still ended up coming to the same <laughs> number one choice because, yeah, crypto. Yeah. Who else? If you have a favorite comic companion, let us know. Tell us something that we said wrong, because I probably said a couple wrong things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If we didn't mention your favorite super pet or a super pet you really, really liked um, in this episode, then yeah, just shoot us a tweet, shoot us an email, and let us know about your favorite super pet and what makes them super and your favorite. And, you know, we'll learn something new, too, because I had to do a decent amount of research because I knew that crypto was going to be my number one. And then I was like, what do I know about crypto? What are the, what are the rest of the... <laughs> So yeah, shoot us an email, capesandcritiques at gmail.com, and we can learn more about amazing comic companions. And who knows, if you shoot us anything on Twitter, we can talk about all the pets that didn't make our list. Yeah, we can give a shout out to all those other pets that exist in that both DC, Marvel, and any dearly. independent comic yeah. continuity. That yeah, you, that I love dearly, just... Just like so Storm the Seahorse. We didn't mention oh him, but gosh. he's cool. Oh my gosh, Storm the Seahorse almost made my honorable mentions. Almost. Uh, Aquaman has interesting, like Tusky. Tusky's yeah. his pet walrus. Oh, yeah. He's, he has an octopus. Yeah, I that forgot gets turned his, into a bad guy. Forgot his name, but yeah. we There's definitely pets and animals we didn't mention, but Everyone needs a great. pizza dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone does need a pizza dog. <laughs> to eat your crust when you don't want it. Lucky the pizza dog, a blessing. Like all dogs, but I think you already caught the joke that we're dog people. Yeah. And dinosaurs. So if there's a dinosaur out there somewhere, let me know, please. (laughs) I'd appreciate it. Um, And I think that's it for our list on Comic Companions. Yeah. (laughs) See you next issue.